A friend of mine who is a gifted songwriter once told me that the first line of a song is critical. Critical, yes, the first line of a novel, the first line of a poem, the first line of a news article that we read, those are important as well. But it's a little different when it's a song. When it comes to a song, her choice of words is accurate. The first line is critical. Think about the critical care unit of a hospital. What happens first in that unit for the patient is so urgent and it determines so much about what will happen next and what will happen next and what will happen next. That first line of action impacts and can impact everything that follows. And so it is with a song because you see, when we're hearing something, when we're listening to something, that first line has the power to control everything that comes after it. It is building on something that we hear. And this is important for us as followers of Jesus Christ because long before we had our Bibles in print form or electronic form, before we had our hymnals that we hold in our hands or our bulletins that have become like our bulletins and our Bibles in a condensed version in these past few years, the words and the stories that our ancestors learned about Jesus were passed down through the spoken word. They were passed down through poetry that was spoken. And they were passed down through song. Passed down from one generation to the next. And for hundreds of years before that baby's cry rang out in Bethlehem, the songs of those who feared God, the songs of those watching for the Messiah to come and save them, were songs about something and songs about someone they had not seen yet. Though they couldn't see him, they sang of him. Though they could not yet see this Messiah, they sang of him and to him. As easily as we earlier in the service sang those first lines, O come, O come, Emmanuel, come thou long-expected Jesus, lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. As easily as we sang those, and many of us sang them from memory, a young woman named Mary, living in Nazareth 2,000 years ago, every year she would have made a pilgrimage to her own church. As we were talking about with the children, this is our church. She would have gone to the church in Jerusalem, the temple in Jerusalem of that day, to celebrate the high holy days of her faith, of her faith community. And she would sing this timeless first line. This timeless first line that says, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Year after year, Mary, like her ancestors, would join this song of jubilation, a song that would later be assigned to our book of Psalms in the scripture as number 122. Now, here's the thing, friends. Mary likely would not have been able to read. She wouldn't have had the words printed in front of her like we normally do on a Sunday morning. And many of you are probably wondering, why is the scripture not printed here in front of me? It's because we're going to become better listeners than readers this Advent season. You see, Mary couldn't depend on something that was written in front of her. Instead, she had to memorize the songs and she had to carry them in her memory and in her heart. And what a song, what we know as Psalm 122 now was, it was a song celebrating 
the community of faith. It was a song celebrating God's goodness, not only to his people who were gathered around his name, but it was God's goodness to the larger city that he was building. Verse 2 of Psalm 122. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Even though Psalm 122 was historically sung by an individual, a worship leader, a lead singer, a liturgist, the purpose of this psalm was not to draw attention to one voice, but instead the singer stirred up the others to sing. These tribes, all of these people that the psalmist sings about would begin to join in corporately like we did today, both in song and in spoken word. They would join together in lines that begin as solos and end up being calls to one another to rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Friends, do you realize that when we sing in worship, when we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, yes, we're singing to God, we're worshiping him, we're magnifying him, we're telling the world who he is, we're declaring to ourselves his goodness, but do you know that in addition to singing to God, we are also singing to one another. We are stirring one another up to sing as well. We are compelling one another to sing. We are drawing the song out of each other. Our voices were not created for isolation. Our spoken voice or our singing voice, our voices were created to move one another into the worship of God. Our voices were created not for isolation, but for interaction that draws people to the glory of God. Psalm 122 is known as one of the 15 psalms of ascent. Now this is like, let's take musical genres for instance. The psalms are one big musical genre, and you've got your psalms of lament. You've got your psalms of uh, thanksgiving. Uh, you could, we could go into like pop and rock, or pop rock more specifically. You could go and you could come, I'll come up with all kinds of subgenres. This psalm, this category of ascents was one subdrama, subgenre rather, of music. And it was something that was set aside to magnify God, to ascribe greatness to him. But the Psalms also told incredible stories and rich histories. Friends, a great song always tells a good story. A great song always tells a good story. And our scriptures abound with those good stories. Because you see, this particular psalm tells the story of a place called Jerusalem. The city considered the center of God's glory where his presence resided. A city that God is building and a people that God is gathering. When Mary and her ancestors would travel to Jerusalem singing this song and compelling one another to sing this song of rejoicing, they were looking towards a day when a new city would be built by the Messiah who was coming. They were telling and retelling each other the greatness of God in these stories and and the fact that God was gathering them across their distances, across their differences. And the place where everyone assumed, Jerusalem was the place where everybody assumed a king would take his seat upon the throne of judgment. Listen to verse 5 through 7. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. 
security be within your towers. There is so much anticipation of a king in a city on a throne. Think about that for a moment. Think, and think about this, that David, King David, who wrote so many of these psalms that we celebrate today, was the God-fearing leader to whom no one else could measure up. He was the one up until that point. And people imagined that his descendant, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, would be thrown enthroned in glory like David was. Thrones for judgment would be set up in a high and glorious place in Jerusalem. Little did we know that the way that God would come as King of Kings and Lord of Lords was not to a throne that was lifted high, but to a cross that would be lifted high for all the world to see so that God would draw all people unto himself. Friends, see, sometimes we think so big in our imaginations in one way, in the midst of our big dreams, like our ancestors were imagining so big what a king on a throne would look like. And in the midst of all of those big dreams, God became so small. He humbled himself to take the form of not a king, but an infant. Long before Jesus was cradled in a manger, he was cradled in the wound of his mother. And don't you know, can't you just imagine Mary singing over her unborn child with every flutter, with every movement within her, there was a jolt of rejoicing paired with a pang of fear that comes with the expectancy of a child in the world. She sang to him, mothers sing to their children, the mothers like Mary sing to their children, yes, to comfort them, but also to comfort themselves in the midst of bringing this joy and this fear into the world of the fact that we are raising, the fact of bringing this life into the world that would experience great joy, but also would experience so much heartache. She sang to him this song, these psalms that Mary knew by heart. Can't you just imagine her singing them? to her unborn child, that she would be reciting them over and over. And I invite you to imagine, I want you to use your imagination here for a moment. Picture Mary. We heard uh, Jesse at the beginning of the service give a brief monologue from the perspective of Mary. And I invite you to think about what Mary must have looked like. She was a teenager, 14, 15 years old, about the age of our young women uh, who were ushers today. And Mary, imagine her, she lived in a very impoverished community but she was faithful to her church. She was faithful to to her community of faith, rather, faithful to her God, faithful in prayer. And she's sitting, imagine that she's sitting at home singing these words of Psalm 122, let us go to the house of the Lord, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And she's sitting there and she's hugging her knees into her chest and she's singing over this child that is cradled in her womb. And imagine for a moment as her belly grows And as she is dealing with the fear and the anxiousness as well as the joy and the anticipation, imagine her singing these words, Peace be within you, my child. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. Imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, praying this over her child. For the sake of the house of the Lord, my God and your God, child, all the days of your life, I will seek your good. Jesus traded his throne for a cradle to seek our good. For the sake of us, his relatives and his friends, he came as Prince of Peace. 
as you imagine hearing his mother's voice, very light, very innocent, very full of hope and joy and love and peace and all of those things that we associate with the Advent season, listen to her voice singing. We are asked, like Mary, to carry Jesus now. We are asked in this Advent season to carry him into the world, to bring peace, to seek the good, and to rejoice over him with singing as his mother once did, to welcome him into the world, to sing over him, to rejoice over him as our Father first rejoiced over us. We are the church called to bear his glory. The house of the Lord has been prepared today, this house of the Lord in West Point, Mississippi, and you have been prepared as a saint of God. So will you seek one another's good? Will you seek the good of the Christ child that we are carrying? Will there be peace within you? Today, we and throughout this Advent season, instead of the traditional reading of Scripture followed by sermon, followed by response, today we are going to hear the psalm that Mary likely sang all those years ago. I invite you as you listen First of all, if you catch on to it, you're welcome to sing along. Or if you would prefer to listen, I want to invite you to join in a powerful body prayer. If, you have, if any of you have a smartphone and you type in the word pray, hands that are open like this come up as an option of an emoji that you can use. And that has become my favorite emoji recently because there are many days when I don't know what to say, and so I just come to the Lord with my hands open like this and say, Lord, I hold this person before you. Lord, I hold this church before you. Lord, I hold me and my craziness today before you. Uh, it's just a way to say, God, this is all I've got. And all, friends, all that we've got is all that God wants today. So I invite you as we hear the song, as we listen to Mary's song today, as we listen to our song as the church, to open your hands to heaven. They don't have to be lifted up. They can just be in your lap and receive the blessing of being sung over. Receive the good that Christ wishes to give you today. And may these hands be filled with peace to indeed not just be within these walls, but to go with us everywhere we go. Let us listen together. Mm -hmm. 